Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify black letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Hi, this is Tom Dunlap. Thanks for joining us again on this edition of the Black Letter Podcast. I've got Gordon Sumner back with me. This week, we're talking to Gordon about veterans moving forward once again. But this time, we're going to talk about a big business challenge that he faced. And from what I understand, dealing with dogs and people, which requires you to be in person and on top of things, uh, and the amount of lift and effort required to do this is very personal. It's not something that can be done by Zoom. And Gordon's going to talk about that challenge uh, during COVID, I guess. Gordon, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us. I hope I didn't steal your thunder because I don't know exactly what the challenge (laughs) was, but I'll invite you to, to tell us. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me here. It's great, great to see you again. Uh, the biggest challenge that we have is same as any nonprofit. It's fundraising. Uh, as I mentioned in the other episode, a lot of people have this misconception that the Department of Veteran Affairs can provide veterans with service dogs, and there is no program. There are no dollars. There is no money that's allocated to veterans who need a service dog to deal with either physical or mental challenges. Just not happening. So. There are organizations like Veterans Moving Forward who provide that vacuum by providing these deserving veterans with a service dog. Now, what happens is that service dog requires training, and we do that, picking them up at eight weeks. We train them for two years with that last six to eight months of their training cycles when we start to match them with the veteran that we think might be a good fit. And we also make sure that the dog picks that picks the veteran. We don't. The dog will pick the veteran. And uh, very rarely does it happen where they don't, but there have been times over the last 12 years where the dog went, nope, I'm not working with Tom. So we're back wow. to square one and we have to find another veteran. But the, the price tag of those dogs and people find it hard to believe, but we document everything is about $50,000. So what keeps me up at night is how do we make sure we have the funds to train, feed, house, take care of medically. Uh, and also take care of the cost of these veterans that we have to bring into the training center where we're located here in Northern Virginia, wherever they are across the world. So, for example, we're we're working with a veteran right now in Montana, so we have to bring him and his spouse into our training center. That means a flight, a hotel, uh, and that's days added up. And, of course, we're not the cheapest place to fly in and out of or stay right. at in, in the national capital region. So all those dollars roll in to that 50,000 bucks. We are about a $30,000 a month operation. So one of my, one of my biggest challenges is to make sure we do that. So one of my big goals is to find enough, as I call them, true believers, people who really believe in what we're doing can, can understand what we're doing and actually may have experienced it. They have friends who have service dogs. They have family members. They see that from their employer, fellow employees who have a dog. And they also relate to it themselves, who just the comfort that they have from their own dog at home, that they would say, you know what, this is something I could get behind. So we're trying to, to increase our monthly donor support to cover that 30000 a month, just from individual donors. It can be done. People are out there. Uh, we need to do it. So 
people that are on my LinkedIn site, the thousands of people that are out there, if you just donated ten dollars a month, you know, that would that would that would be great. Uh, everybody on my Facebook page, ten dollars a month. We can do this. It's the power of small numbers. So covering that thirty thousand would be the big goal. Okay. And you you told me earlier that COVID presented some challenges to you guys. What were those what were those challenges? When I was asked to come back, I'm, I'm not the founder, as, as I explained earlier, but I did work for the organization for about five years as a volunteer, served on the board. And then when I became the Purple Heart Commander for our Northern Virginia chapter, I stepped away from, from VMF to focus on uh, our military or the Purple Heart chapter, 353, as the, as the commander. But in 2019, I had stepped away from the, that position when some of the board called and asked if I would come back and take over full time as the president and CEO, not, not as a volunteer, but paid. So I did officially one October, all these great ideas, great people to work with. We were laying right. down a vision. We were finishing up our strategic plan to kick off in 2020, um, that January and what happens a couple of months later. Yeah. So wow. all that just kind of got crumpled and boop, into file 13, it went. Fortunately for us, a couple of things uh, worked out well. One, we're in a big training center, and there's only three of us at the time that were full-time. So we were not worried about the typical office environment, people sitting there next to each other in cubes, uh, the closeness and all this kind of stuff. Because we still had dogs to train. We couldn't just turn the lights out and go home. We had dogs. And these dogs needed to be fed, housed, trained, etc. And we also had veterans out there that they with their state of mind, they, they didn't have time for COVID. And that's, that was kind of the motto that we picked up is that we don't have time for COVID. We've got veterans who need our support. We're going to keep doing it some way. So we quickly shifted, uh, our operations so that we made sure that the three of us were fairly apart. I mean, we could wave at each other. We did have some volunteers that said they just didn't feel comfortable coming back into the office. We said, that's fine. But majority of the things that we do, we can do online. So we were able at that same time, just by um, the grace of God, working strange. I'm the poster child for strange and mysterious ways that I had just finished up with a uh, friend of mine who had an IT company who came in and donated his services and put us all on a system with matching uh, office management systems, laptops. Land connections, the whole thing, and we could literally take what used to have require people coming in and do a paper drill. We could right. upload it into the cloud, and they could work on it from home, and then send the documents back to us. They could make the phone calls from their house to veterans to get their documentation that might be missing. Our donor management system was uploaded, so they could the the uh, people that were doing that could do it. Social media, again, people the volunteers that ran our social media site, they were doing that from home. We just had to send them some pictures. They uploaded them and uh, some YouTube videos. They We could do that there in the training center, upload it, and then off it went. And then what Katie and I did is we connected into organizations that still wanted to maintain connections with their members, but they were doing it by this new thing called Zoom, but they still wanted to have some kind of program, something. So we hit the trail hard on social media to say, if you're looking for a program, for all you different chapters, civic organizations, rotary clubs, et cetera, call us. Let us share our story with your members. And that's exactly what happened. So I would do just like this, 
with maybe a little slide presentation and I would talk about veterans moving forward and here's what we're doing. Here's why we need your support for our veterans in need of service dogs. And then I would take the camera and turn it around and Katie could stand there in the back of the training center with some of our service dogs in training and do some demonstrations about how the dogs were related to their task of getting medicines out of a cabinet, getting the water bottles out of the refrigerator and bringing it to her. Uh, turning light switches on and off, opening doors, things like that that we train them to do to support their veteran. So we quickly shifted to the social media site and just kept right on going. Uh, in fact, during COVID, we placed seven dogs. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, that's that's a fantastic challenge to overcome. So I'm going to ask you, Gordon, next week about your advice. So you've you've gone from military to administration, presidential administration, defense secretary level job to being the CEO of a volunteer organization with myriad complex challenges. What piece of advice can you share with our listeners? And I'll ask you the question again next week. Um, So think about it. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for another episode of the Black Letter Podcast. Download us wherever you get your podcasts. We are on YouTube, uh, iTunes, and Spotify. Look forward to seeing you next week when Gordon Sumner comes back. Thanks. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And check out our website at blackletterstudios.com.